Well, well, well. Hello, my ghostly friends. How is everybody today? This is Stephen LaBooth. I'm here to tell you some creepy, creepy stories today. I hope you like them. They might scare you, so be prepared. Well, this should be a good show today. It's uh, just going to be me again, but uh, welcome, welcome, welcome to Ghost Stories Told from the South, baby. We're going to have a good show today. It's just going to be me probably for a couple episodes because I tested positive for COVID. So uh, I started getting, today is Sunday the 15th. I started getting sick on the 13th. I I started throwing up all, all night and all day. Then I finally had enough oomph to get on and get my test. Got my test. It came back Friday. Said I was positive. So, yeah, today's Sunday. And I spent all day researching a couple shows. So, I'm probably going to podcast. Uh, slam a couple podcasts in. So, I'll be on track with you guys. Might give you some extra stuff. I don't know. Who knows? I might watch a scary movie and be like a watch-along thing or something. I don't know. I can do some extra stuff for you guys. But uh, yes, I'm Stephen Booth, and this is Ghost Stories Told from the South, guys. Lexi will be back when uh, I can have people back at the house again. Yeah, the kids are uh, at families' houses staying, so yeah, I'm here all by my lonesome. But... Let's uh, get on down with some stories, I think. Yeah, we're still in Arizona. After this, I'll be done with Arizona today. Then I'm going to start looking up some uh, other places to go look at and uh, talk about. <laughs> but, yeah, let's dive on in, guys. All right? All right, our first story is going to be the Yuma Prison in Arizona. It is said to be one of the most haunted structures in the area of Yuma, Arizona. On the first day of July in the year of 1876, a group of seven people entered, the, entered its prison for the very first time. In a very unusual turn of events, these individuals were actually locked into cells that had constructed with their... that they had constructed with their own hands so basically these seven people built the, built their own prison built their own prison cells uh these inmates marched into the newly structured prison with a high level of discomfort <coughs> knowing that the prison was uh was sound <coughs> and unless they were released they were uh, no means of escape so it was a pretty built a pretty good built uh, prison, I take it. No one could escape. To this date, there are several stories of hauntings that seem to be related to the prisoners housed at this structure. Are the spirits of the souls that were locked in the Yuma prison in the uh, in Arizona still trapped or something? Or something? What do you think? I'm sorry about that. I did something kinking. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm just a little stuffy. I'm feeling fine though, but sorry if I sound that way. The Yuma prison held prisoners for over th uh, three decades. As a matter of fact, the structure served in the uh 
Oh, it served as a prison for the total uh, for a total of thirty years. In a, in a, in that time, thousands of individuals were incarcerated and ordered to stay within the uh, confines of the prison walls. According to uh, documentation, housing records uh, rec recording that prisoners of a total of 3,069 individuals served time here. That's a lot of people for a little prison. Out of this grand total of individuals, uh, documentation proves that there were at least 29 different women that uh, resided within the Yuma prison for an extended amount of time. These individuals committed very uh, uh, committed a variety of crimes. It was not uncommon for those who had committed a murder or attempted to be ordered to stay outside. Grand larceny and even crimes such as uh, that of having more than one wife were punished by a stay at Yuma. According to the laws and persecution of the time in which these prisons was uh, in full operation, the individuals were uh, punished punished to spend time with within the walls of the big structure where they were treated in a way that wasn't uh, considered to be uh, appro appropriate at the time. Naturally, in today's criminal justice system, many of the uh, technologies used to punish would be considered to be uh, inhumane. For example, when an indiv individual disobeyed the rules, they would be placed in, the, in a dark cell for a, a severe uh, penalty. They would extend uh, amounts of time there, too. In addition to this, a large ball that was uh, reconstructed, the prisoners that constructed the prisoners' movement would be strapped to them by their by a chain to their ankle, so they couldn't escape. So they'd be stuck in there and have this ball and chain on them, which uh, comes the old saying, you know, my old ball and chain. Several prisoners. Several prisoners at about 119 died at the Yuma prison, and it's blood bleed most of the spirits of these individuals still walk the uh, corridors of the prison, uh, bound here for uh, for all eternity. Sorry, I gotta adjust my mic. It's in my way. Several uh, several prisoners right at about. Oh, already read that part. <laughs> Okay, put into a dark cell. Oh, okay. About 19 people died. Okay. It's believed that most of the spirits and individuals to walk the corridors of the prison but uh, are bound here for eternity. These hauntings seem to be the strongest in the area of the dark cell, dark cell where there is no documentation proving that there were any deaths that occurred in the cell. Paranormal researchers believe that the spirits in the structure are drawn to it because of the emotional charge that the room has. 
It is almost as if energy from the room powers these spirits. There are several other hauntings that are said to occur at the prison as well. Well, think about it, man. I bet you that place has a freaking dark history, man. Here's some more uh, stuff on the Yuma prison. Gonna have to get into the light on this one. I don't know. I printed this one, and sometimes they don't print in black. They print, print like in a real light brown. Okay. In use, it was opened in 1876. And until 1909, the Yuma, the Yuma Territory housed over housed over 3,000 prisoners, 29 of which were women. The prison was uh, closed down because of uh, overcrowding, of course. The faculty, the faculty then was used for the Yuma Union High, High School until 1914. After this, the uh, building lay abandoned until the 1920s when hobos of the road started using it for various uh using these uh, cells for shelter like housing like in a free apartment <coughs> by the general depression by the great depression the uh, an entire home homeless families were living within the walls of the prison located in southern arizona near the california border this uh, old prison still remains atop a rocky hill overlooking the small town of Yuma, Arizona. Today, it is a, it is a, it is a state historical park. Three cells within the prison are notorious for being haunted. The first cell is known as the Dark Cell. We went over that one. Uh, the original... Okay. Here's a story about it, though. Okay. The uh, first cell, of course, is the dark cell. This room was used for solitary confinement. Prisoners were placed in this 10 by 10 foot space as a punishment. They were stripped down in their underwear, and then their legs were shackled, you know, separately to two other big, uh, you know, ring, rings uh, changed to the balls. While housed here, these prisoners were given only one meal a day, which, cons uh, which cons cons uh, consisted of bread and water. The only light in the cell came from a small opening in the ventilation shaft in the uh, ceiling. After dark, the uh, space, which uh, w was pitch black, records it uh records it incidents that the prisoners placed here complained uh scorpions snakes and there was uh other stuff in the dark rooms too you know like spiders and fuck that shit imagine being in the freaking pitch dark and feeling a goddamn spider crawl up on you or a snake slither around you or a fucking scorpion oh Damn, man, them guys went through hell. I believe in pun not. I believe in prisoners, you know, serving their time, but not like to that extent. I mean, only for pedophiles. 
Okay, some accuse the guards of uh, purposely putting these uh, creatures down in the uh, ventilation shaft to uh, torture them more. Two prisoners went insane while they were kept. Oh, yeah, two prisoners went insane while they was kept in the dark room. Sorry about that. Okay. Today the room holds more than bad memories. It is a sad it is a, it is said several ghosts ghosts are in this area. One of these spirits is not a prisoner, but a little girl. It is speculated that her family was one of the homeless people that stayed in the prison during the thirties. The young ghost often lets uh, the living know that she is around. It seems she's uh, attracted to people who wear red. So if you go there, wear a lot of red. She has been known, at, known to pinch, poke, and touch people with her icy cold fingers. Ew. One uh, paranormal investigator visited the dark cell and confirmed that our uh, spiritual person uh went to the cell and did say there are spirits in the cell and there's spirits of a little girl in the cell too then and okay then in recent years a local magazine writer for the Arizona The uh, Arizona, the Arizona Chron uh, Chronicle, yeah. Anyways, the Arizona paper, they intended to stay in the uh, Yuma prison dark cell for 48 hours so she could get a feel for what it was uh, like for the prisoners. She had her legs scratched to the uh, ring uh, She had her legs shackled to the ring uh to the ball and chains and they uh took bread and water with her the uh ventilation shaft was covered so that nothing could you know fall in and it only had daylight that would come in this rider left the dark cell after 37 hours she told others afterwards that she felt she felt str uh, st strongly that she was not the only one in the prison space. Freaked out, she requested to be released the, uh, early. The second uh, haunted cell that is in Yuma is number 14. This cell is at the end of the corridor. In the early 1900s, a prisoner by the name of John Ryan was kept in this space. The guards and the other prisoners did not like Ryan in his uh, record, it indicates that he was convicted of of an act against nature. What this meant was he was convicted of rape of some other sexual... Oh, gross. So basically it means he was doing animals. 
Ugh. Ryan committed suicide in the cell, and park employees, including the uh, including the manager, have all started uh, set. They have all stated they became very uncomfortable when they are in the area of the uh, prison. They often feel the uh, icy chill when they are near the uh, Ryan cell, too. So, yeah, that one was pretty juicy. I mean, prisons, though, you got to admit, though, they're already going to have so much negative energy and <coughs> just pissed off energy in there, you know, because <coughs> you got people that actually deserve to be in there that were sick in the head. And then you, then you got people that really didn't need to be there because they might have just stole a candy bar or something, you know, so. I don't know, man, but all I know is I just keep my nose clean so I don't have to worry about going to jail or prison. I just be a good uh, CD song. But I hope y'all like that one. That was Yuma Prison, baby. <sighs> all right. Let's see what Stephen LeBooth has for you next. For your creepy, creepy, chili chilies. Okay, our next story. Okay, I've got it. All right, it is the Hotel Congress. Not all of the ghosts, I mean, sorry. One ghost at its historic at the historic Hotel Congress in Tucson, Arizona, is only known as the only known as a young woman who shot herself to death in room 242. Actually, actually lists survival spirits at the. Actually, several spirits live at the hotel. According to co-owner uh, Shauna Ossern, they enjoy walking in the halls and lobby in in the lobby and wearing their old-fashioned attire, and attend to do the same things over and over again. They appear to be ghosts and also people who have worked at the hotel since it was built in 1919. Uh, I mean, that's one thing about I've noticed, and I've always heard. Um, people say that it's about the uh ghosts they're like stuck in a limbo they just do the same thing they kind of repeat you know some of these ghosts or spirits you know because you think you know they get up go to work to go to that same place every day do the same thing or maybe they had some money and they was rich and they always stayed there and you know went to the big dances and it's just uh you in your loop like that you can be stuck like that loop in your afterlife and that's weird that's really kookamonga weird all right i got some more stuff L located downtown in downtown tucson the hotel was a favorite place for gamblers and g gangsters during the 1920s huh in tucson the uh hotel is known for uh, for being haunted. If you go there, we are told rooms 219, 220 
are the ones to are the ones with tales to tell. According to rumors, I mean, according to haunted rooms, there have been numerous reports of paranormal activity in the hotel over the years. One of the ghost stories involved the spirit of a woman, Vince. Oh, the spirit by the name of Vince, who died in the hotel from a heart attack. Past visitors say they have often seen him in the bar area. Our ghosts aren't scary necessarily, but they tend to just spook you a little, says some of the staff. Which, I mean, that's kind of cool. As long as they didn't touch me or throw shit at me, I'd be all right with that, I guess. Oh, here's some more stuff. <coughs> the Hotel Congress is believed to be the uh, home to a number of supernatural ghosts. Some of the most notable spirits include a man who is often seen peering from a second-story window, a maid who is also who is often seen peering from a second-story window to oh a maid. Sorry, I fucked that all up. Let me start that all over. Some of the most notable spirits include a woman who is often seen peering from a second-story window and a maid who is always who is always cleaning and a man with a top hat who struts around the lobby. Ooh, maybe that's a Ric Flair. Okay, no. <laughs> I just said that because he said he struts. And in 2003, an interview with the Arizona Daily Star, the Hotel Congress co-owner, Shannon Alsorn, mentioned a time when a spirit came to the aid of a uh, guest. One night, someone asked me for the, uh, woman's, the, for the woman desk clerk they had just spoken to, said uh, Alsorn. But we were, but we only had a mail desk clerk working that night, so I knew it was uh, one of our ghosts. Two rooms in the hotel have been uh, linked to linked to uh, suicide. This one says room two fourteen and two forty two. Um, Self inflicting gunshots was uh, what happened to the person in 214. And in 224, it is believed that it was the home of the female spirit. Another one. Oh, she shot herself during a SWAT standoff in the mid-90s. Oh. She's like, I ain't coming out, coppa. <laughs> I told you about the story, uh, the ghost about Vince. Let's see what this one says. This is my last little paper on the uh, Hotel Congress. The Hotel Congress uh, makes it makes its downtown icon hard to miss. It is a uh, history of reflection of Tucson's Wild West past when it served as a uh, lodging for passengers on the Southern Pacific Railroad. The hotel sheltered the uh, notorious Dillinger gang, bank robbers, and all nor the and uh who else Oh god I can't hardly fucking talk. The hotel also sheltered the notorious Dillinger gang, bank robbers, 
and all-around doers who hid out in the hotel in 1934. The rooms maintain a western feel, iron beds, retro phones, and the frequent rambling of an actual train. And like the uh, Patreons of the hotel, its ghosts are colorful crew is a colorful crew too. I'm sorry if I can't talk and I'm messing this up. So please don't leave me. I love you guys. I love to scare you and make you scream like a little girl. I like to make you go, ah. Oh, God, sorry. I hit my mic. My bad. Okay. <laughs> mm a gentle ghost in a gray suit is said to peer out the uh, hotel's second-story window. We know that. But the classiest spirit flirting, flir- flaunting around in the lobby and stairways of the Hotel Congress is a lovely Victorian lady in a dark dress. Oh. That's nice touch. She lives behind a font, font rose scent as she glides by. All right. Well... Hope y'all enjoyed everything for the old Hotel Congress in Tucson, Arizona. You should go check it out. I do need to do this. Let me do something really quick. You know, I've got that. I'm just talking to myself. All right. See? <laughs> and I got more stuff to talk. That's just two stories. See, I've been stopped. I've been stopped using Google to do research on guys. And man, I've been going to DuckDuckGo. I'm not. They're not paying me or nothing. I'm not trying to get you to go there, but I wish you would because I can find so much more stuff. And it's just it's cool. It's you can find a lot more stuff. And I can make my uh, episodes last longer than trying to fit 20 stories. I don't know what it is about Google. Sometimes I can't find shit. I mean, it seems pretty good on DuckDuckGo so far. But, yeah, check it out. It's a search engine, and they're pretty good. I like them. <sighs> mm. All right. Y'all ready for the next bit, baby? Okay, my first story is, I mean first, our third story got coming at you today is of the Colossal Cave. The Colossal Cave on the outskirts of Tucson has an epic history fit for the movies. In the late 1800s, the cave was a hideout for bandits who held up a train near Tucson and escaped with $72,000 worth of gold and currency. According to the cave's history, some even say part of the stolen fortune can still be hidden somewhere in the cave. Today you can take tours of the cave and camp near the surrounding area. Four ghosts are thought to call this, uh, this place home. A shadowy figure of a, of a man has been spotted inside the cave and to believed be one of the robbers looking for the uh, lost loot. Uh, 
One ghost described as... Oh, God. Here we go. Another lady in white. Why is it always a freaking lady in freaking white? Jesus. I swear every time I've got a story, there's some something about a fucking lady in white. Mm, excuse me. Sorry about that. I've drank my Sprite too fast, and it's a little bubbly. And it's got me going gibby-jibby. Anyways... There is a lady in white is usually seen uh, standing around the entrance of the cave. There's also the ghost of a Native American who's often, who is often found crying around the grounds. Yeah, because a white man fucked his land all up, probably. I don't know I'm why I'm saying that. I'm white, but it's the truth, man. We took their land and beat them. But anyways... The uh, story goes that she accidentally fell to her death when trying to escape a bear who was chasing her. Eee, that would suck. The last ghost is that of that of the former uh, cave owner, Frank Schmidt, who is said to hang out in the gift shop and join a tour from time to time before mysteriously disappearing. That'd be fucking weird if you're doing a, uh, a tour and you're the tour guy and you're like, yeah, over here, guys, this part of the cave is da-da-da and there's a guy not there anymore that was just there. You can't stop the show and go, did anybody see that? You got to keep going and so that, yeah. That'd be kind of creepy. But have you ever been in caverns? Well, or big caves like that? Well, I'll tell you my little story when I'm done. I don't got a ghost story, but I've been in a big old cave. Anyways, some have noted that the uh, phenomenon's uh, scent of a pipe tobacco inside the uh, cave is possibly from Frank Schmidt, who uh, helped save the cave and spent a lot of time inside. Another employee came across a man asking him to leave a, leave a restricted area only to him apology uh hereby uh, apparently disappearing nearby so he told him to get out of where he was and then when that guy was getting out of the area he looked back and that guy was gone creepy son of a bitch the cave tours uh highlights not only the natural history of the destination but also the human one the Wild West tells about these caves and perhaps provide more entertainment value than historically accuracy. accuracy. One wild but true cave story is how the eight, in the 1800s, a gang in the area stopped and robbed several cash-rich mail trains. These bandits made off with the loot and were tracked to these caves. In ensuing a, a gun battle... Some were killed, others were caught, but the riches were never recovered. Yeah. Visitors uh, are left to wonder whether the Wells Fargo mailbags filled with gold coins are hidden in one of the uh, side caverns. At night, there are howling sounds, just the wind escaping through small uh, holes, or are they... Uh, mumbled crying or a uh, of the uh, one of the robbers on a internal uh, search for his loot 
More recent human uh, interest stories about the cave includes a look at the uh, Civilian Conservation Corps role in developing the caves as a tourist attraction into the 1930s. The public service project during the Great Depression sent dozens of young men to live in the in tents in the desert and construct the caves pathways pathways and visitor center there are still in use today damn that's pretty cool they built them in the 30s and are still using them their pickaxes and other tools are preserved along the uh, native american artifacts in the display case along the tour route I don't think I'd put them with the artifacts with the fucking Indians, because that ain't artifacts from Indians. I mean, it's our history. We should keep it, but I don't know about that one, Trigger. Sounds a little fishy to me. <coughs> but anyways, yeah, if y'all ever been to any of them big old caverns like that, when I was a kid, we went to uh, Carlsbad Caverns on vacation one time. And that was pretty cool. That motherfucker was huge, man. And when you walk down into it, so I could just imagine just all the energy and stuff down in the cave like that. That's had, that's got so much history, you know. Imagine that was pretty wild. Well, let's get on with our fourth story. It is. Let me turn that down a little bit. Because it's going to get louder. And it's going to go pop and scare you. Excuse me, ladies and gents. I got to get the drink of Miss Bright. Oh, baby, baby, baby. Hope everybody's having a good time and enjoying the show. Okay, this one is about... The Gaddiston Hotel Ghost Story. Many uh, employees and guests of the Gaddiston have had uh, encounters with Gaddison Ghost. With the Gaddison Ghost, the ghost has been reportedly mostly in the basement, and is said to be a tall man <coughs> in black clothing and often with no head. Oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Some believe this ghost is the ghost of Pancho Villa himself. At the time of his death in 1923, Pancho Villa was reported to have hidden a treasure somewhere in the mountains of northern Mexico. The only map to this location was tattooed on Villa's hand. It is said that upon his death, Villa's loyal friends cut off his Oh, wait a minute. Let me go. Rewind that. Okay. The only map to this location was tattooed on Vila's head. Yeah, it was tattooed on his fucking head. That's, oh yeah, wow. It is said that upon his death, Vila's loyal friends cut off his head and buried it under the uh, ashes of the recently burnt Gaddison Hotel in order to forever keep the secret location of the treasure uh, a secret. 
unknowingly the unknowingly the Gaddison Hotel was rebuilt over the top of the skull and Pancho Villa remains uh wandering the dark damp halls of the Gaddison basement searching for his head and the map to his lost treasure Quoted from the Gaddison Hotel, a daughter-in-law and hotel manager, Robin Barhaus, will be one of the first to tell you more of the Gaddison in, Gaddison's interesting past. And she recalls her first encounter with the Gaddison ghost. It was uh, at 4.10 p.m. on a uh, Friday, March 13, 1991. The power had failed and she was in the basement searching for the candles. In the beam of, of her flashlight, she saw a faceless figure shaped like a man just kind of float down the hallway. It just looked like fog to me, but it was the shape of a person. For years, hotel workers and guests have seen convinced of to seeing an apparition about oh to uh, apparition often around lent or uh lent or christmas are often in the uh, hotel's cavernous basement sometimes in description as headless captain ca uh, headless caped and wearing army style clothing in her in her 26th year as operating one of the oldest manual elevators west of the Mississippi, Cameron Diaz saw the ghost in the basement as well. A tall man with black with a black pants suit, no head. Brenda mainly mainly the restaurant supervisor said she saw her saw her hotel in her hotel room. She said she was she witnessed the immediate noticed it immediately after a strange sense sensation where all of a sudden I couldn't move. A movie crew uh, member told Burrowhouse that the light turned off and on in the middle of the night, and often his golf clubs went crashing down on the floor. Well. Apparently, these guys don't like golf. Excuse me. Oh, don't worry, guys. I still have more on the Gaddison. It was built in 1907. The Gaddison is a historical four-story building that sits on the corner of G Avenue and 11th Street in Douglas, Arizona. The hotel was hosted has hosted a number of notable people, including the uh, John Dillinger, who stayed at the Gaddison the day before he was uh, apprehended in Tucson, according to Hotel History. It's said that in the early 1990s, in the Mexican, Revol the Mexican Revolution, Pancho Villa rode his horse down the grand marble staircase of the lo uh, lobby, a chip seen on one of the uh, marble steps is usually from the horse's uh, mighty hoofs. Over the years, guests and staff have witnessed a number of unexplainable occur occurrences 
in the hotel. Room 333 is considered one of the most haunted spots. With reports of strange noises, the television turning on and off, and guests being touched by ghostly presence. A figure in the shape of a man has also been spotted in, in the basement. Sometimes he is described as having no head or no face. Could this be the ghost of Pancho Villa? Ay, 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 ay. Okay. Okay, here's my last little bit on the Gaddison. <coughs> All right. This is my last little page on the uh, Gaddison. This hotel is a sprawling property in Douglas, Arizona. It also happens to be the perfect example of haunted, occupied... A haunted occupation in Arizona. Guests have complained of strange knocking sounds and of their bedroom doors being rattled in the middle of the night. The ghost uh, haunted, the most haunted room in the hotel is room 333. Guests stay in this particular room and they have been reported ghostly presence sitting on or laying on the bed. Uh, okay, now, that would scare me. I would be like, uh-uh, no way, man. The Sitting on the edge of my bed, it probably wouldn't get me that bad. But feeling something lay down by me, yeah, that'd go, oh God, that'd creep me the fuck out. I'm sorry, I'd run. That'd scare me, man. That would really scare me. But, yeah, into uh, once I can have people back in my house and all that, and I'm nice and clean, um, I don't have the coo -coo, the cooties anymore, I'm going to have a guest come in. So, if you hear this, uh, Chrissy, next time I record, you'll be coming over, old Christy Robinson. She's a friend of mine on Facebook. Give a shout-out to her, girl. Mm-mm. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for today. But see what I mean, guys? That was four stories, and I got all my information off of DuckDuckGo. And my stories last longer. When I was getting all my shit off Google, it would be like maybe a paragraph, and that's all I'd find. I mean, I, I love it. It's so much better search engine. It's just so much better. Mo better, baby. <clears throat> but I'm very thankful for you guys listening. I want to give a shout-out to every stinking country that listens to us out there thank you guys we appreciate it keep downloading uh we're getting hurt all over around the world so far we got like 12 countries listening to us uh spain and australia new zealand they're still loving us uh russia's starting to love us canada is sweden is um i think germany so i'm loving it guys keep listening downloading uh, I just love what I do, man. I love doing this podcast and stuff. Like I said, I've been, I've been tested positive, so I'm going to be stuck at home for a while, so I'll probably do two or three episodes or more than that. <laughs> or maybe do something extra. Maybe I can watch something kind of scary and kind of talk about it or, I don't know, watch an old Twilight and talk about it. Hell, I don't know. I just don't know anymore, Louise.
<coughs> but you guys listen to us on Spotify, Pandora, I uh, almost said iPhone, uh, iHeart, uh, Amazon, iTunes, all that good stuff. Give us some five stars review, five star reviews, guys. Um, we're on bot, uh, P- bot. Ugh. Anyways, I can't even fucking talk. Podbean, we're there too. We've got our YouTube channel going. Look up us uh, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, I love this, guys. I keep liking that you guys are liking us back. Our numbers are growing and getting better. And uh, hey, who knows? We might find some good stuff to start doing. Maybe, uh, like I said, maybe we can watch something. I can watch something. Do a watch along on something. Y'all let me know. Give me your input. Email email me if you want to at uh, ghoststories12thinsouth, gmail.com, baby, all lowercase. But this has been Stephen LeBooth, and this has been Ghost Stories Told from the South. And I will see you later, guys. Now, don't be too scared, and I hope you can go to bed tonight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Bye.